Hey, I'm Daniel, and this is Markers on the Map. This week we battle time itself, setting up the ultimate chain of events to have the perfect day in Arcane's brand new shooter, Deathloop. We've also got some thoughts on a few other games like Cruise and Blast, Aliens Fireteam Elite, and No More Heroes 3. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. In a different universe, I would have told you this was my last uh, recess peanut butter white ghost candy, right? So that never happened. But uh, this is actually probably like, uh, I have like a good like four more in here. So if you ever come over and visit sometimes, I got like four recess peanut butter white ghosts if you want one. Oh, did you open a new bag since we lost the original recording of this? No, it was the same bag. I was just lying. Oh, well, darn. <laughs> no, I'm really mad that you didn't share. <laughs> I still have four. I mean, that's still like a good amount to share. Like I said before, I haven't been able to find the white chocolate ghosts. I've only found the regular chocolate ghosts, and I found the white chocolate pumpkins, which is basically the football and the egg. And you said <laughs> the bats are like the Christmas trees. I don't know what you're talking about. We've never had this conversation. <laughs> In it's the parallel markers on the map universe, we might have had this conversation. I don't know what you're talking about. We never make mistakes. In, in another world, I would have said, I've been eating booberry and Monster Mash cereal, which is essentially just booberry and Frankenberry combined, so it just tastes like booberry. But I want you to pretend like you heard it for the very first time. Another world, that's, just, that's a game right there. So I don't That is a game. I actually saw a physical copy of that uh, under its under the title um out of this world out of this world for the snes at a swap meet <laughs> this past week i mean you told me and asked for the condition if the condition was all right i i, yeah, I was gonna pass up on it still but if the condition was pretty good i would have picked it up it was fine i mean you could tell it was a box of out of this world for the super nintendo but that sounds like it was, it was kind of beat up it sounds like <laughs> it was a little beat of- up <laughs> <laughs> a box of out of this world comes with real marshmallow shapes of uh <coughs> the blaster uh the weird alien guy that your buddy i think his name's literally buddy <laughs> and then uh maybe like whatever that weird lion thing is i have no idea what it is that would be part of it i've actually played that game you helped me play that game oh i did back when it was on playstation now mm-hmm. and we ended up getting 100% on it in, like, less than an hour because I somehow triggered that one glitch for the trophy to get on mm-hmm. it. Uh, but, but anyways, in a parallel universe, uh, you're Daniel. That's what you said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before I said that, though, I said welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where sometimes we talk about candy and food, but you know what we're here for. We're here for the games. And unlike last time, I will not forget to say I am your host, Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. And Robert, how have you been this week? 
Well, in a different timeline, I were to tell you that I'm tired and I've been busy this week. And in this timeline, I will tell you that I'm, I was busy and tired. I have also been busy and tired, but I did have a day off today, which was kind of relaxing. Kind of. That's good. It's <laughs> nice to take days off. Well, this was scheduled, I guess, but um, that's mm-hmm. besides the point. I was thinking, I dragged down the Wii. Mm-hmm. the other day and i have not had the wii down for many years um a lot like i don't even know how many years it's been mm-hmm. but i was thinking about a famous quote from a man we both know i'm talking of course about the gentleman old snake from the pretty good i would say film slash uh game metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots please be release it for modern consoles absolutely and I might be getting the quote a little wrong here, but whatever. I think the essence is the same. He says, and I quote at the beginning of that game, games have changed. Because I was plugging in that Wii, and I had to plug in like five component cable things, and the power brick into the wall, the giant power brick with like cords everywhere, and the sensor mm-hmm. bar, run to the kitchen, grab two double A's for the Wii remote, go into the nether realms of chaos and find it somehow find a a nintendo gamecube memory card and yeah there it was the wii just a giant mess of cords uh right next to a a console that's the size of like two and a half dvd cases and i'm just like wow my switch is so easy to just plug in with a power cord and a hdmi (laughs) cable see See, now that's where you're not a real one because a real one would run into the living room or in someone else's room that has a TV, take the batteries out of their remote and never bring them back and just have the remote empty with no batteries. Here's the thing. We have Apple TVs and you can't just run and take the batteries out of those remotes. You should have done, you should have grabbed a fork. You should have went to your your utensil drawer and took out a fork and, you know, do some gaming magic and get the battery out. Pry it open. Probably it open, get some, you know, some real magic in that. One of the cables, since I don't think I've ever used the component cable I had for my Wii, it's just been there, mm-hmm. but I used it. And the screen was all green, and I was like, how do I get this to go back to, you know, color instead of having this green tint to it? I guess all I need <laughs> to do is, like, push it in a little more. Um, so I grabbed my box of Wii and GameCube games, and I played Sonic in the Secret Rings, um, mm, a game that is not, like... Yeah, it's, it's not the most well-loved game, but as we know, I really love it. And again, games have changed because... Why? I, I was just playing it. I played through every one of the main levels in that game the other day, and I was like, why aren't modern games like Sonic Forces like this? Like, I get that Colors was also on the Wii, but like, how do you go from Secret Rings to Colors? Because Secret Rings' a sense of speed and like the progression of it is great. And I think the only reason people think it's hard because it didn't really seem hard to me i've still got it after not playing this for what 14 years <laughs> oh, um man. but you can equip skills to sonic and you can actually it, it, it can get too fast but like i was decent enough at it to be able to control that speed but i just think going from the start either you are like lacking skills that you'll collect after a few levels or if you're playing later, maybe you have skills on that are just making it go too fast. And I get that that can happen, but I don't know. I, I would. I enjoyed my hour I spent with Sonic and the Secret Rings the other day. Hour, it's just like how my man old mate old Snake said. 
games have changed. It's no longer about unlockables, in-game demos, and cool bonuses. It's about in-game purchases, virtual currency, and viable cosmetics. Games have changed. You're doing that. I was originally going to do that. But I decided not to because I forgot the whole speech. But you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Games have changed. Games have changed. It's no longer about unlockables and cool costumes. You know how else games have changed? Uh, How much have they changed? I wanted to play Shadow of the Hedgehog. Another mm-hmm. game that I'm like the only person in the world who likes. Probably. But I no longer possess a GameCube controller, so... Oh yeah, we've. I'm, I feel like in the parallel universe, they had a whole discussion how GameCube controllers are being sold at a pretty high price because people I know. still use them. We're almost caught up to the parallel universe. <laughs> um, and then you talked about how Nintendo did re-release technically a GameCube controller, like new ones, but they were uh, USB, like you know, regular. Well, computer Nintendo or, like, did consoles. actual GameCube controllers that you needed the adapter for. Ah, so you need. But the adapter. those sold out really quick. Yes. Power A does a GameCube controller go, that's a. USB. And then I referred to maybe someone else has probably made some converter from power a to usb to actual like gamecube like it, like an like an output to that like it'll put it in for like the gamecube because i feel like that should be the easiest way to do it instead of actually trying to hunt down a genuine controller or whatever because those people want the controllers Just everyone's been using them and there's a certain amount that's going to be made because they don't keep making actual gamecube controllers yeah and a gamecube controller is a hot commodity i think considering there's still tons of fans of super smash bros melee and that that whole scene even now yeah. like well any, brawl any, of course any uh smashing people will use the game that's like coveted for any like nintendo i'm kind of yeah. iffy on the controller i don't really like it that much i think the the way i wasn't a big fan myself was the big button and the small like the a is so big and everything else is so tiny and around it that it's not like how standard controllers are like all buttons are the same size and they're in kind of a a really nice pattern that the super nintendo kind of you know established that you need to be in this type of like format that it's easy for everyone for their thumb to move really quick to press any button and you know it's easy to remember where they're at yeah but i'll have to hunt one down if i want to play shadow what if this was the dream and the dream is that Nintendo does the thing how Xbox does, and they actually make you do your custom GameCube controller with like different colors, and you can add like a different like color to everything, and you know just add certain like style to it, so you can make it like custom to you. They should do that. I would love that. I would also love for them to re-release official GameCube controllers as it is. <laughs> that would be pretty good too. Yeah. Um. And I was just thinking, like I was saying, the last time. I dragged my Wii out was also to play Shadow the Hedgehog because for some reason I get on crusades of playing this game because I like this game whatever last time I did have GameCube controllers and I must have thought wow the drift on these controllers is so bad I will never use these again that has to have been my thought process for this so it's definitely my fault that I don't have GameCube controllers but alas podcast one day we we will be discussing shout of the hedgehog one as played on a gamecube uh disc on the nintendo wii but until then we got news for you this week and let's start high let's start with some really good piece of news tell us tell us about the game that's getting re-released robert oh destroy humans too we can move on to the next game 
Okay, okay. So <laughs> I really don't no. want to talk about the next game. I need you to. I need. I need us to rewind real quick. <laughs> Destroy Humans two. Now, in a parallel universe, I must have told you this was the greatest Destroy Humans game ever. And in this universe, it's still the greatest Destroy Humans game ever. Like I said, yeah. I've played the first one more, but that's only because the first one's a lot shorter. But in terms of locations, the the theme, the characters, the characters, the characters being like like Crypto One Three Eight is completely different from One Three Seven. Even though you know it's the same, they share the same mind. There are differences between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pox is different. Everything's just really different in a good way, in a positive way, and in a forward momentum like way that you should take a character like Crypto. Uh, the free roaming in that one is just so much fun. There's its maps are way bigger. There instead of it just being kind of little like in the first one was kind of just little like invasion areas. It's entire cities you're invading. So very it's like in the in the first one the last. Like mission area you go to, there's like the Washington, like their Washington D.C. and how that was a pretty big map. It's basically like that with every map in this game. I will like I say, out of the entire trilogy, this is the best one, best weapons, questionable upgrades. Maybe they fix them with this version, but uh, just w- what you want to see in a sequel is not only just a really good game, but as for a sequel, they added so much that you're just like, I can't believe this was a sequel to this game. Uh, how much the first one was very limited, and then you go to the sequel. It's sort of just like so unreal how much they've done between that like pretty it's pretty short I would say the between the first and second is pretty short time frame and um I was saying a lot of people really like the second one better you included so mm-hmm. I almost feel like while the first one it has been praised and it's a good remake and the original's great it almost felt like it was a stepping stone a necessary piece of the puzzle to get to this remake of destroy all humans 2 which is the one that yes. like, everybody loves. I will tell you that the remake of the first one, I will play it over the original two. Now, with the remake of two, I will guarantee you that will be the one I'll be playing forever. Unless they remake the third one, which was an Xbox exclusive. Unless, I think there's a PS3 version for PAL, though. It's a PAL version. Mm. Um, that one was pretty fun, too. I liked it. I know there's mixed reviews on that one. The graphics don't aren't that great. It feels like they try to have... It was on 360, but it felt Is like it could have been on the... Furon? Yeah, Path of Fear. It could have been on PS2, honestly, but I would say the third one was actually pretty good too. I like that one. I enjoyed it very much. That one takes place in the set. This one takes uh, two takes place in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one on yeah, the Wii, there, right? There was. That was a uh, Big Willy Unleashed. That one was a, a, ah. a sequel to two, a prequel to three. It's one of those like in between state games. Ah, so but it's like Devil May Cry, where they're all they didn't get the voice for Crypto. <laughs> Like oh, they, it's a different no. voice actor. Yeah, it's a different voice actor. I think it's not the same voice actor. Is so it that really destroy weird. all humans without the voice of Crypto? And then, it, it, of course, it was on the Wii, so they had to have the focus on like motion controls. So there was a lot of weird motion the waggle. control gimmicks. Yeah, it's a re- really weird gimmicks with that one. So I have yeah. avoided that one. Maybe if they re-release it as like a DLC for the second one, maybe it would be cool. But what I will yeah. say is that the sequel had couch co-op. This one better have online co-op, and that would honestly be my only wish for that one. Yeah, and we have tried the couch co-op over share play. It, it didn't mm. really work out, but I can see it being tons of fun because couch co-op does tend to be a great type of co-op. But yeah, mm. you need online in a game like this nowadays. Um, it makes me think of something like the Lego games where, you know, online co-op should be a thing in those by now. But like I said... Uh, I'm really excited for not only 
the game to be coming out but for you as well because we've talked about this on the podcast last year with the original one and you know i'm gonna play it pretty soon and it's just a ton a ton of fun i guess the series as a whole so yeah. destroy all humans 2 no release date yet but we're thinking march, march? probably yeah I'll actually look at just don't release date. your games in november check. october <laughs> not this year so i i don't want to talk about this next game can we skip it uh, talking about how Wipeout is being re-released, but not what you think it is. Oh. So you know I love Wipeout. Pure Pulse, HD, Omega, HD mm-hmm. Fury. It's a franchise you, you liked from the very first time you probably tried it. Yes. Um, so Studio Liverpool that makes it, it's been closed down for a while. Um, but I see Wipeout trending on Twitter the other day, and it's got that capital E, like whip e out and it's like oh boy oh boy a new wipeout game they can't possibly be they are robert they're releasing a new wipeout game but it's on mobile it's on mobile. uh-huh okay could be could be worse you know mario run was pretty good you know it could be worse card-based racing now that you now you just put the final nail in the coffin why would they make now why in a racing game we've established this Games that aren't card games should not have a card game mechanic input into it. I'm dancing right now to show them that this should not have card game mechanics in a card, non-card games. Like Back for Blood. Remember we had that whole thing about the card payback. system? Now that's just a system. It Or like Payback's like slot machine card of getting upgrade parts at random. Or even Battlefront 2's card-based Where they had to skill change that. system. They yeah. had to change that completely. Well, they took out all the microtransactions, I think. Um, but mm-hmm. man, this is like a—you're playing Wipeout, but you're using cards to race with. That's a, come. This is no I fun. I love Wipeout. Come on. No fun. Hopefully, like, like you said, maybe you're saying I love this franchise and I'll try it. But I've, you know, I've convinced you that if you love this franchise, don't play it because then they're yeah. just gonna look at it like, hey, people complain, but they're still playing it. So who cares? We'll make another one. I say, take the resources for this turn it into a playstation 5 wipeout title i would love that because the omega collection on the ps4 was just a re-release of the ps3 and vita games there was no new content in that as far as i can tell so technically it's been since what when did the vita come out 2011 i don't even know that i was i was it was a launch title i believe 2048 i was i was young 2000 probably 2009 2012 probably yeah so yeah the new Wipeout card-based mobile racing game? Come on. Vita means life. In better news, Castlevania is getting a new collection. It's been rated, and there's like an image of the home screen icon um, for Castlevania Advance Collection. So, a game I used to associate with the Game Boy Advance back in 01, before Metroid Fusion had even been a thing, um, besides Super Mario Advance and Wario Land 4, was Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Uh, it was a weird-looking game to me at the time as a, as a kid looking at Nintendo Power, but I saw the really cool-looking bosses and enemies, just the cool pixel art that, that it had, but I never actually got to play the game. So if the if this rating and home screen image is to be believed, which obviously it's, it is, um, we'll be seeing this pretty soon, a collection that not only has Circle of the Moon, which I've never played, but the other two Game Boy Advance Castlevania games, also which I've never played. And this is kind of the start of the whole Metroidvania thing that started with um, Symphony of the Night 
on the on the PS One stuff like that. This is those mm-hmm. like nice Metroid type Castlevania games. I, I established that I've only played one Castlevania game. Uh, that was four, and that uh, I was also asking if this in a parallel universe was this going to be an ultimate collection with everything, or is it seems like just that era of the advanced yeah. series. It's not going to have like the DS games. I don't think it's just going to be the advanced ones. I'd assume if they're doing an advanced collection, they'll do a DS one at some point because there mm-hmm. is like three of them on there too. But um, this is just one of those like dream come true things where it's it's been twenty years and I'm finally getting to play a game that was like legendary to me as a as a child. Just looking at the pages of Nintendo Power magazine. As for the other two, whatever. I'm just like. If you release <laughs> Circle of the Moon on the Switch, I will play Circle of the Moon on the Switch. I will play it on the PS4 or whatever it comes out on. And and if Limited Run wants to do a physical edition like they did with the first collection, I will probably get that if Circle of the Moon is... It, if it lives up to the expectation I have of like, oh, I saw this 20 years ago but never got to play it. So, interesting little bit of news there. Yeah. Uh, found out... Well, Castlevania is owned by Konami, which we established... Yeah. Uh, yes. Also established that uh, you know that game Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, right? Yes. Guess who Park published Park Builder it? PS2. Konami. Konami. It was Konami. <laughs> Foreshadowing for when we get to the games part, but that's a different. Maybe in a parallel universe we'll get to that part. As for parallel universes, I think we're actually caught up to when the original parallel universe folded onto itself. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Switch got a firmware update, so you can use Bluetooth headsets on it now. Out of nowhere. Nintendo Switch getting a firmware update to use Bluetooth headset, which is something that's bothered me because how come that wasn't a, a thing from the get-go? Uh-huh. That's what Everything I'm saying. Being, it switches a wireless console. The whole point in the gimmick is that their controls are very wireless. You can use a wire, but they're, they're more premium. Like, you gotta use, you know, top stuff is all wireless. Yeah. And, like... This is not the OLED Switch. This is the regular Switch firmware update. Where was this option four years ago when the Switch came out? Exactly. You know, Nintendo, hats off to you. You do some good things, but sometimes there's some questionable things. I'm just like, how come Bluetooth wasn't enabled for headsets for a while? Yeah. They had to sell, like, adapters for that because people really wanted it. I can use my PS5 um, 3D pulse headset on the uh, switch i just have to have the thing plugged into it you can't just i don't think that's a bluetooth headset i mm-hmm. could be wrong about that though but yeah um so hey if you got bluetooth headphones you can go ahead and try those out on your switch and see how the uh, how the lag is on those i i know there's a little bit of audio lag with some of them but hey that's cool that that just randomly happened um mm-hmm. speaking of random things that are happening there's a direct that will be taking place the day after we record this podcast. So we'll have thoughts Mm -hmm. for you on that week, but I'd like us to make some predictions at the end of our news segment. So we only have a few other little things to talk about in news this week. Quick little things. Star Wars Hunters, that free-to-play game. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That game looked pretty cool. Uh, It got delayed till next year, and they had a little bit of, you know, gameplay shown of it. It it does look like a free-to-play game. And I feel like mm-hmm. you can tell a free-to-play game when you see it. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about that. I'll, I'll definitely give it a go because I love Star Wars. But can I see myself getting invested in it? To be determined. Maybe. I don't know. Not really. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not too big into stuff like that. But we'll see. Maybe Star Wars will, will do the trick. Um, 
Another thing that shocks me. Battle for the Grid. Talk about the game that never stops. Just released the Super Edition as we have spoke about a couple weeks ago on this very podcast. And we have, as of like yesterday I think, from recording, a new DLC pass. <laughs> uh, game that keeps on... I'm At this point I would rather have it have an entire sequel. If they're adding this much DLC that means that there's a good fan base... So I would yeah. assume there's a good, I guess, money flow. So I would assume they could make a sequel with like better graphics and have more people develop it, develop for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you you and me did play this. Yes. It's okay. Uh, I would say it's fine. It's not the greatest fighting game ever. No, you only say ever. that because I beat you like every other time. You guys hear something? I hear something. I hear me winning two over you. No, oh, no, that's the sound of somebody who's only lost in Natsume Championship Wrestling. Nah, nah, nah. See, I beat because you, you don't know any about that assist stuff. See, I, I, I'm just saying, I, you know, I got two over you. You did get me with your, you know, your one main, but once that main is gone, you, you can't do nothing else. The Purple Ranger from uh, uh, Jungle Fury. Jungle Fury. Yeah. My new main, as of me realizing that <laughs> he fits my button mashy playstyle perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, man. it's an alright game. We're gonna get Adam, the mm-hmm. Ninja Ranger version of Adam. Uh, I do wish we were getting Zero Ranger 4 green. Uh, we are getting Rita, and we are getting Poisandra, which is one of the villains from the American version of... Uh, Kyoryuger, which is called Dino Charge. Um, so that's an interesting choice. We are getting mm-hmm. two others that were in Mighty Morphin. You can talk about favoritism towards that series, but that is kind of the series that most people playing this game are probably into. So Poisandra will be like our wild card from one of the more modern series. Um, I'm thinking about getting the pass. Just think. Just think about it. Because, you know, yeah. if you get it, I'm just. The DLC is expensive for you. that game. <laughs> it is, though. I mean. Even like Dragon Ball Fighters, that DLC is just is so it stacks up yeah. so much. But Battle of the Grid, it seems like the DLC is like really, really expensive. That's why I got yeah. the Super Edition. But here we are, season pass four, about a month after Super Edition dropped. It's like, yeah. oh, I got Street Fighter Five Champions, thinking that, oh yeah, this is it, this is gonna be it. Nope. No. Then we then we got a, a big season. final season. <laughs> Battlefield twenty forty two got delayed by like mm-hmm. a few weeks mm-hmm. to November nineteenth. Uh, I had a discussion with a friend who wanted to get it because, uh, he wanted to, you know, play it when it came out. Cause honestly, it does look pretty interesting. I am interested in, in it. Sure. Uh, rarely, rarely happens. Most of them. I think it's not fair or a good idea to delay it to that far November, depending on how it is, because it says what? November 14th, 19th, 19th. Okay. That might be still a good window. Um, yeah, it's just like del- a two-week delay, I think. Here's my thing. If they were to delay it to like end of November, like during Black Friday, that would be kind of a, a loss mm. in the sense of people who are going to get this game are going to get it regardless if they're going to get it during the holiday season yeah. or not. They're going to get it no matter what. I see it in the point of if they release it at a certain point and the holidays are right around the corner, they can establish that like this game is very popular. This game has already established like player base, like get in on it now you know that whole so then people can talk about like hey so and so is playing it we should pick it up for this black friday thanksgiving or pick it up for christmas you know like you can have that two month holiday of just like it'll be the holidays yeah 
those are the holidays, especially November and December. If you can get both of those holidays in when your game is like right brand new and getting it out there and then people are talking about it is the best time because people will hear about it and they'll be interested in it. And it's that, you know, a holiday where people buy gifts or are buying gifts for either others or, or for themselves. Yeah. And at the same time, releasing it on November 19th, it's only got a couple things it's competing with, and they are incomplete mm-hmm. in different genres. I'm talking about Shin Megami Tensei Five and Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Those are the mm-hmm. two games that come out within a week of November 19th. So it's not, you know, going up against yeah. your PS5 and Series X like shooters yeah. that tend PC, to come out, or Ubisoft like that, titles, yeah. Far Cry, stuff like that. Um, it, it, it's... It's pretty much as long as they. I feel like if they get it within that time, two month time from holiday season, I think they could realistically get a good portion of people playing it by then. Yeah. So you know I'm a big Persona fan. That's true. And they're having that whole 25th anniversary thing. That is also true. They've revealed their first things for that. Oh boy. And I could not be. Well. They're doing a Persona 5 concert and stage play. They're streaming the anime series in Japan, and the games are getting a limited time sale in Japan. Those are the announcements. There's no Persona 6 in sight. I've come to the Mm. conclusion, off of what I have read, that Atlas will not announce or start the Persona 6 hype train until after Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been released. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that's probably a great idea. So I'm not going to get my hopes up for any of these first couple announcements coming out of the Persona anniversary. I think that's the smart move here. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I, I would say so. It's the same. It's the same brand, so it's the same people. You don't want to release two yeah. things at the same time that you both I, own. I get that SMT Five is a Switch game, but I don't think Atlas wants to sabotage the marketing train that's going for that. And it is really good with a monster showcase every day. They're at like a hundred videos showing mm-hmm. off gameplay for this game. Um, with Persona 6 hype because we know Persona 6 is a ways off. It's probably not going to come out until either like three-fourths of the way through the gen, I'm sure. So at this point, yeah. I'm just like, okay, let me back off the hype here for a second. Don't I remember <laughs> Persona up. 5 was supposed to come out in winter 2014, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are supposed to come out a certain... Duke Nukem took like 10 years to release, or Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, but the difference between Duke Nukem and Persona 5 is that Persona 5 ended up being really good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Duke Nukem is a bad game. I just think it's a game that has not aged so well. So when people yeah. finally got it, people move, their taste in gaming has changed. Some sensibilities. So, yeah. it's. I think the core game is just like how it is originally. But it's one of those things where there's no, I guess, nostalgic or just kind of, like, respect value in, like, examples like playing the yeah. original Duke Nukem or Doom. Like, yeah, these are the first, you know, like, and stuff like that. You see, like, Doom Eternal is completely different from the original Doom. Imagine if they just yeah. re-released Doom, but it's just the first one with just HD graphics. I don't think exactly. it would have done as well. The DNA is still there in Doom Eternal, though, mm-hmm. I will say. Even though Doom Eternal took a different apl- approach to its gameplay by turning into more of a combat puzzle, the DNA is still there. Yeah. And lastly... Before we get to direct stuff, Fall Guys is doing a Fall Festival uh, mini event. It's a mm. seven-day event where they're doing a little show where you can get... It's really easy. I got the costume in like 15 minutes um, to do like a, a round of Team Tail Tag and then a final round. Uh, it's not hard at all, and the costume for it is pretty cool. And they're doing Kenna Bridge of Spirits costumes uh, as of recording. So they have Rot and Kenna. Those are 10 crowns each. 
So I'm I dipped into my crown reserve to get the rot costume because it looks really cool. So man, it's I always like fall guys little it's things. Funny. <laughs> Hey, don't help me get the costumes, but when you need my, when you need help, I'm always there. <laughs> I was gonna tell you, let's get on and go get the costumes. We'll get them. When that I just, hot I just dog hopped on out, before I ate all, dinner yesterday for like game. 15 minutes. A duos game. I only play Fall Guys when you play Fall Guys. It's a, it, I only all play right. with friends. We'll get your costume, and then we'll go straight back to main show because neither of us really like Team Tail Tag. <laughs> no one likes Tail Tag. If you like Tail Tag, I don't yeah. trust you. Yeah. Now, as I said earlier in the podcast, a direct is coming. We'll have thoughts for you mm-hmm. on that next week, and it will it will air in the day between this episode being recorded and this episode being posted. So, I'll make some predictions here, and we can see how right or wrong we were on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we'll see a Smash Bros. character. I'm thinking, and I'm being real about this. I think it's going to be the now Bino, the main character of Shin Megami Tensei Five. I think mm-hmm. that is a very safe bet for who the final Smash character will be. I don't know. When it comes to Nintendo Direct stuff, I'm not that great at it. Uh, wild card, they have something for the new Metro Prime series. Like, I don't know where, just like at least uh, some news. I can't guarantee I you there's some maybe <gasps> Breath of the Wild stuff. Maybe. They're, they're talking about games that are releasing mostly in winter. So there might be some okay, new announcements, so yeah, never but mind. I don't think there's going to be any huge surprises. I think they might do a Xenoblade 3, which I really just hope that's not this direct. Um, If I was going to say there was something I'd really want to see, it'd be Prime 4. But I think we'll see more Dread. Um, And they'll be like, Dread is coming out in like two weeks. Um, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see Splatoon 3. I don't think we'll see Bayonetta. Um, I I keep reading that there might be a new Donkey Kong announced tomorrow. I don't want to get my hype up for that because it's just a winter but even when they say it's even when they say it's just for releasing in this time frame they always have a few that are just like ways out so i don't know maybe they'll re-release a game that's already been released on an older console but still charge full price for it and it's just a port i think they've almost finished doing that with all of them i don't know there's a lot of trying to remember which one they haven't done yet there's donkey kong country returns Oh, well, the, the original one, yeah, they haven't ported that to the Switch yet. Uh, I think we'll get a Game Boy virtual console on Switch. Eh, we'll see. When it comes to Nintendo, bro, it's a wild card. I really yeah. don't know what they'll show. Yeah. Although I think that's, like, well past to do. Anyway, wouldn't be Nintendo Direct without Nintendo Direct Rumor. And this week's rumor is sponsored by Robert's Game Tip of the Week. This week's tip is for a classic PS3 game, Killzone 2. Robert's game tip of the week. Today's game tip of the week is never wake up a sleeping bear. Never wake up a sleeping bear. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, especially that level where in, in Killzone where I don't know if you've had that problem, but when when it happens, you just don't, you just don't, you know, when it says don't do it, you really should just shouldn't do it. I know. I've made this mistake in Killzone 2 many times. I woke up the bear and it ended up, you know, killing my character. So maybe by sneaking around the bear, in true Killzone fashion, of course, um, I can finally get to the end of that one particular level that I'm stuck on and continue my conquest of the planet Helgen. So. Always remember, bonus tip, 
Always remember, oh. there's a baby cub, there's always a mama nearby. And if there's a baby bear, don't break <laughs> his chair. <laughs> Our rumor this week mm-hmm. feels a little Halloween-y. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because we're getting a Nintendo Direct tomorrow. So I'm feeling like this has a real good chance of showing up for some early scares. It goes like this. My My name is Griffin. Griffin. I'm I'm writing to inform inform the reader that that I have discovered discovered the secret behind invisibility. invisibility. Your Your sciences sciences will be challenged in ways you will not be able to comprehend. A knowledge that I and I alone possess. I feel feel my soul slowly succumbing to madness. And in my journey to find a cure, I feel I may lose myself to the monster which I have created. Ramblings, they don't make sense. I feel it taking over. When do words stop making sense on the page? Yes, yours truly, Griffith. Three chairs with the middle empty. Or is it? The city is under attack. Reports of an invisible man wreaking havoc echo through homes as the townspeople are sent into a spiral of chaos. Others hear of an invisible hero protecting and saving citizens from places unseen. Are these the same man, or are they separate? Task force factions are set up, as well as those who would aid the invisible entity on his quest for heroism or conquest. It's a first-person adventure of mind and matter. Invisible, the man and the madness. Griffin searches for a cure to invisibility while two thought beings weigh heavily on his conscience. Every situation presents a choice that affects public perception, and it's up to you to decide how to tackle situations, who to ally yourself with, and whether or not you're willing to set your previous choices aside and give the public an old-fashioned 180, be that because you truly want to, or for your own advantage. Eliminate everyone in your path with the eagle, deranged thoughts that drive Griffin to become an unstoppable monster in the eyes of the citizenry, using everything at your disposal to create a world you rule sight unseen. Paralyze the world with fear, and bring the task forces sent to stop you down to their knees. Save the city from itself with the lion, by stopping impending threats and allying yourself with the locals to protect your home and theirs. Reveal the secrets of invisibility and gain trust, but be careful, for traitors look around every corner, including you if you so choose. Infinite possibilities, quick and intense gameplay, and hundreds of outcomes, highlighted by an epic tale of destruction or redemption, make it the ultimate invisibility simulator. The city is your home. Choose to protect it or destroy it, as a tale of one man's struggle distorts the lines between chaos and order and invisible. The man and the madness silently approaching your Nintendo Switch for one swift strike. I want this game. I want this game. Is this not Darkman? No. It's not Sam Raimi's Darkman? It's not Sam Raimi's Darkman. But it would be cool if they made a game of Sam Raimi's Darkman. That is cool. Sam Raimi's Darkman. Come on. That's a good movie. Yeah. We've not got an Invisible Man game, I don't think. It's not. I don't think. I don't think the Universal movie monsters even have their own game. Yeah. So this sounds to me like one of those games where every choice does affect the outcome of something. You can play a hero. You can play a villain. You can change which side you're playing for halfway through the game or at any mission. It sounds like, and it sounds to me like there's a inter like a complex interwoven plot of just. All kinds of things are at play here. I, the, the game engine that this is running on must be just wild to be able to process all those like 
different outcomes to things from from what I'm getting from this rumor. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because there's always that whole thing where you know, different things. I want to see this game actually be like everything has a different outcome. I would yeah. want to see that. I was thinking about that when I was reading this. I was like, this sounds like something you've wanted that Disco Elysium kind of does in its own little way. But this just seems like the amount of control you can exert over everything, every situation that's happening. Um, I like the idea of maybe you've got a story beat that happens when you're playing an evil version of Griffin and you're like, no, I want to change. The game will let you have that ability to change then and there, and then you'll have to work around like, oh, I don't trust him now because he's a traitor, or you might discover somebody who's also a traitor along with you, and you can ally yourself with them. The branches, the dialogue branches and story branches that this has the potential of taking just by reading the rumor alone is staggering, and we need more games like that on any console i'm i mean it's, it's about time that's all i gotta say i mean universal monsters i haven't actually you've seen the new invisible man right do you think it'll be a fat one or do you think it'll be a, the original i think it's got a more classic sensibility to it but it does, it's taking place in a city so maybe they'll have like a modern day version because we know the uh elizabeth uh moss movie version of it is like a modern telling of like the invisible man but wait this seems to be more or less like the classic wait this isn't the hollow man starring kevin bacon yeah this isn't kevin bacon's hollow man no this this is not kevin bacon's hollow man it's also not doom patrol because there's a character in doom patrol that also looks like the invisible man but not because he's invisible hollow man has his 27 percent on rotten tomatoes I'm willing to wager Invisible Man has a higher percentage on Rod. I would wager that too, but okay. Both <laughs> this of them. is funny. <laughs> oh, that's Hollow Man is just like the great value of Invisible Man. Oh, oh, don't. We're not going to get started on those like fake movies today because <laughs> we got oh. games to talk about. We got we games, got games I am literally bursting at the seams to talk about. Before talk about games, I've established earlier that uh, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis for the PS2. Yes. Put this down, and our podcast is Robert Game Found of the Year. I don't think yeah. nothing would beat this found, because I found some other things throughout the year, but I think if you ask me Operation Genesis for the PS2 for only 4 bucks, I mean, it's disc only, but for only 4 bucks, that's a pretty good find right there. Yeah, you got it at a thrift store, right? I got it at a thrift store, 4 bucks. I'm not reselling it. I'm not that person. When I buy it, I because I want it. I wanted that game for so long. I'm glad you found that because the they sell it at like forty bucks, right, online? Yeah, like forty bucks, just disc only. Some people, well, that's people ask for. It. That's not what I'm going to pay for it. So, me getting for four bucks, disc only, and then having the PC version as well. Found that at a thrift store as well. Honestly, I think those are to like the two best games. But like the the PC one was a long time ago. This one was pretty recent, so I'm happy about it. You found the War of the Monsters at a thrift store too. I did. Year. It was the or same thrift store. Last year was like last year, wasn't it? No, this was this was this year. It was this year. It was the oh, same yeah, thrift earlier, store too. Way early on. Mm-hmm. Good finds. That's the one that had the Lego Star Wars game. That I don't know why I didn't pick them up. Yes, the, the one on the DS. Mm-hmm. I had that Lego Star Wars two for the DS. I did have that, and I had the original for the Game Boy Advance because you know the Wii was my first console. I only had handhelds leading up to that. Those were in just pretty to tie nice it back condition. to our intro here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of games, so 
I've been playing a, a nice new AAA game on my PlayStation 5 console. I've been playing Deathloop. Maybe if Deathloop was a real thing, I could have come back and gotten those Star Wars game. That's besides the oh. <laughs> So Deathloop. This is a game I was planning on holding off on, but mm-hmm. the reviews got me with all those 10 out of 10s. Now, I'll give them this from the start. Let's talk positives first, because I, I do have some things I, I, I need to say about this game. Um, I will give it that it is not like any other game I've ever played. It is very different. It is presented as a very different type of game, and it does succeed at that. Um, so basically, the gist of Deathloop is that you're playing as Colt. You are trapped in a time loop, as the title would suggest, and you have a person that can talk to you named Juliana, and Juliana can come and invade your game. It can be an AI Juliana, or it can be a Juliana that another player controls if you turn on the online mode. And your goal as Colt is to go through four separate maps, and each one can be accessed at four different times of the day. And at different times of the day, People will be in different spots. Different things will be on or off. Different setups of traps or enemies will be there. The areas might look a little different. Sometimes you'll have the presence of what's called a visionary, which are seven people besides Juliana that you as cult need to take down. And in taking down all the visionaries, he can break the loop and finally get out of this whole time loop thing that he's in. The the goal of the game is to go through these areas and you collect weapons. You're collecting weapons and, you know, you can collect little trinkets to power up Colt with. And uh-huh. he has a thing called a slab. And what a slab does is hey, slab. each visionary has... Yeah, like, hey, slab. Um, <laughs> each slab has a power and there's one per visionary. And what you do with Colts is when he gets killed, he zips back in time about 10 seconds and is uh-huh. reborn again and you can do this uh you you basically have three lives every time you enter a map and you can go around absorbing what's called residuum from places people things and you can use that to infuse colt's weapons and trinkets to him so when you end a day or you get killed you will be able to start the next day because a day will eventually end after the four time periods you will start the next day and every day after that with those weapons and items already in your inventory. So you okay. have a permanent progression if you if you um, infuse things. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is set up like that. And the goal is not exactly to go killing the visionaries because when you kill the visionaries, they'll be reborn on the next day. They're in a time loop. So the only way for Cult to break the loop is to use information that you gain to create a setup where you can kill all the visionaries in a single day. So Mm -hmm. as you go through stages and levels, as you kill the visionaries, you'll get knowledge. And the knowledge is what helps you figure out this problem of Deathloop. You will get like a thing that says, well, Charlie runs his live action game in this place during the daytime. So you go to this place during the daytime you find Charlie, you, you know, defeat him, get his slab, uh, obtain his power, and you'll find out that he meets up with the character Fia somewhere else at another time of day. So if you're setting up uh, a thing where you need to, de- you know, defeat eight people in four sp- spots at four different times a day, you're going to have to take out multiple visionaries in one spot. So 
you you play through you find clues in the in the um in the like data logs that you find and then those will turn into not just data logs they'll turn into points that you can put a marker for and then you'll eventually come across an area where you can take both of them out at once because they have a, a time and place that they meet up so i'm kind of working through this big puzzle with death loop um to where you are both getting information and exploring a really well-developed world to find out more about these characters and find out, well, maybe this person doesn't want to go somewhere, but if some other character really convinces them, they'll go to that area so you can take them out both at the same time. So Colt is kind of like in the shadows here, but they all know who he is. They all know he's there because he kind of ties in with them. And that's as far as I'll go with the plot because this is a brand new game. Um, so mechanically awesome there are many different ways to tackle each situation you've got a hacking device you can turn on turrets to attack enemies you can throw bottles as usual in games like this um, of course you can go in loud but there's guns that have nails instead for silent attacks and everything like that the melee is really good um, my biggest criticism is the stealth now this is arcane. They're famous for stuff like this. But I think with the way Deathloop is presented, the emphasis is not entirely on stealth, but when you're going in guns blazing, I feel like it's too hard at points. Like, enemies just come at you, they do tons of damage per hit, and I've not really gotten to the point where I feel like powerful enough yet so when when i take a loss it's really kind of a struggle to go through the area doing the same things again so i think my negative downside to it right now would be that like the stealth is not totally what you need to do but when you blow it in the stealth and you know me i always blow it in the stealth it, it becomes a bit too much to handle it's I mean it's from the same people that made Dishonored, right? It's the same people. Yes, Arcane. I will let you know that Dishonored, that game is very much stealth heavy. Even though it gives you the option to kind of be like whatever, yeah. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that there's this whole stealth mechanic, and it's kind of a little frustrating. Not frustrating in the sense of it's difficult, but in the sense of in Dishonored. If you just do whatever you want too much, like if you don't use the stealth mechanic too much, when you have to do the last part of the game, I never finished it. You want to know why? Because it purposely has this thing where if you're too rowdy, that will have so much security and it will make the last level super difficult if you're too yeah. rowdy. It's just like you think with the way Deathloop looks and feels, you'd think that the emphasis on stealth wouldn't be you know, super heavy. And I say that because it's not. The, the non-stealth is so hard at the point that I'm at that, like, I'm constantly running away enemy and going back and, like, picking one enemy off at a time. Then I have to go search for a bottle of Fizz Pop to restore some health mm -hmm. because there's no auto-health regen, which I understand. It's, it's not a complaint that there's no auto-health regen. I'm just wishing that maybe there was a difficulty selector for those of mm. us who are... I'm not even going to pretend like I'm good at stealth segments or that I like them. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's, that's the one big gripe I have. Um, I am engaged in the plot. W when am I going to finish Deathloop? I'm not sure. At some no point I intend on it, but I am playing it amidst like me being over inundated with so many games uh, with things like Death Stranding and Metroid Dread coming out. So, um, those are early thoughts on Deathloop. 
the characters are well voiced. Uh, the game is well acted. It's very interesting seeing the way things unfold and learning how the inner mechanics of this loop work. So, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Pretty satisfying. I mean, the reviews are pretty stunning for me at least. I'm surprised. Yeah, the reviews how much are amazing. The good reviews are. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it is due to the fact that there's not another game like this that I can just mm-hmm. say, oh yeah, this is just like this is like a blend of things that seems to mm-hmm. work well. Um, I do like how it's not a roguelike. Like I initially thought it was going to be. Remember, I was always like, oh, this is probably going to be a roguelike. It's not. Yeah. There's a path. There's only one solution to solving the loop. Um, but getting there is the journey. Uh, well, that's Death Loop. So we have a little bit of time left. How about I save WarioWare for next week's episode, but talk about a few other things real quick. Because I got so much to say about WarioWare, we're going to need some time for that. Um, so I'll talk about three things real quick. Aliens Fire Team Elite. I finished the campaign. Nice. You need you need friends to play that game with. Uh, it, it's, it's not that randoms are bad at the game, because they're not, and I've been carried... It's that the missions take so long that, like, you need to be having conversations <laughs> it's, <laughs> and it's talking one, to each other while you play this. <laughs> it's one of those things where I hope they'll add some type of checkpoint mechanic some point. It needs some checkpoint mechanics. I will 100% stand by that. It needs, it needs either checkpoint mechanics or every level needs to be cut into three different levels because... 40 minutes with no saves or checkpoints and you lose at the end that's that's not that's not respecting my time or anyone's time (laughs) it's not how like i don't think people play that much in general for one game people switch on and off to other games and overall like mechanically it's good it's a little rough around the edges it needs some work hopefully the team will stick with it um i'd like to play it a little more at some point but right now i don't have the inclination i think to go through 40 minute levels with no saves and no pausing mm-hmm. for that matter so aliens fire team elite no more heroes 3 i finished no more heroes 3 oh I this is another one that. i want to kind of yeah <laughs> i forgot about i did that. too <laughs> um this is another one i want to kind of get into later but for right now um i will say the twists and the turns did not stop this entire game and while the gameplay itself got a little repetitive, um, as as it tends to do in a game like this, um, I was constantly engaged by the plot. Bosses dying before you even got the chance to fight them, or bosses dying before their fight is even set up. Stuff like that happens in this game. Um, there is a part of the game that turns into a completely different genre. There is a mm-hmm. part of a game that brings in a cameo from another Switch game that will be a deep cut to people who have been playing switch games there's even a popular fighting game that gets represented as a boss fight in this game so uh, um we'll do spoilers for no more heroes 3 I'll, I'll put that out there we'll do spoilers for no more heroes 3 in a couple months probably um after it's all marinated but i will say that it's the best the gameplay has ever been in the series and call me wild but i think the story was top notch in this and everything just kind of it it doesn't have a very conclusive ending for being the last game in the no more heroes saga but i just had a total blast treating it more as a a movie than a game or a tv show it's presented as a tv show so there's that no more heroes 3 solid work (laughs) 
Oh man, I completely forgot about that. Like, oh yeah, you bought that game. Yeah, it's 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 no worries. It's it's gotten lost in the sea of games that have just been coming out because I also bought Cruisin' Blast, a game which I totally Cruisin'. forgot about. <laughs> Cruisin'. We saw it at the last direct, I think, and I completely forgot yeah. it was coming out. Um, so. Nintendo didn't do this. It's Raw Thrills. It's like a port of the arcade game Cruisin' Blast. But Nintendo owns the IP for Cruisin', I think. Um, so it's got its home here on the Switch. Um, this game's amazing. I will say it's it's a better arcade racer than something like Hot Shot Racers because even though the difficulty of the AI kind of gets to be out of hand sometimes, at least the races are only like a minute, 50 seconds tops versus hot shot racers where like you could be going like five minutes and still lose and it would be devastating um we talked about hot shot racers way back towards the beginning of the podcast um but cruising is just like the movement in this is so good it's like one-to-one you move left your car moves left you turn on the drift it'll drift and the drifting is like so smooth it's smoother than even mario kart so you don't have to worry about your like crash team racing boosting or anything like that it's just such a smooth experience cars can flip do spins they can drive on their side you can play as a triceratops you can play as a helicopter a ufo a fire truck a tank or a regular car but who plays as regular cars and you can play as the triceratops and the tracks are interesting there's dinosaur themed tracks there's tracks where there's a yeti that hits the ground and you go underground and then there's more yetis underground and they're fighting there's giant donuts you know rolling along the the track that you're driving on there's you know oil trucks that just blow up everywhere there's ufos that zip around the 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 stages as you go through it half the time i don't know what's going on what i do know is going on is i'm having a lot of fun with it and (laughs) at the end of the day is that not what really matters with a video game That's all the thing that matters with the video game. As long as you're having fun with a bad or good, it, mediocre, you know, greatest of all time. As long as you're having fun. That's, that's what I'm saying. It, right? That's what I'm saying. To tie it all back with a bow here. I'm having fun when I play Sonic in the Secret Rings. Am I having fun when I have to go in and log in for this daily bonus and do this challenge to unlock this currency to buy this skin for my character in whatever game I'm playing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to go play a game like Cruise and Blast and do a propeller spin with your car over a hundred foot, you know, jump and land unscathed and just keep racing without having to worry about whatever you have to fix afterwards. Because, you know, some racing games make you repair the damage with money after it's a Cruise and Blast is a good game. And so is WarioWare. Get it together. But we'll talk about that when we got more time. Anyway, Robert, after that quick blast at games, would you say we've done an episode? That should wrap up this week. All right. As usual, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please follow our Twitter at MarkersOnTheMap, and we'll post all our links there always. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a good rating and review. Um, Subscribe, download an episode, listen to us wherever you go. Check us out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean if you don't like using Apple Podcasts. And I guess there's not much left to say, except for what we always say. And that's that the real Cars Mater National Championship was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.